Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're welcoming back Nigel Matthews, CEO of ShipQuest, the market leader in Kickstarter fulfillment for board games in the European Union. Today, we're going to dig into the new VAT tax rules and methods for fulfillment in a post-Brexit world. Nigel, welcome back to The Binge. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, James. Oh, so excited to talk about VAT again. Great fun. <laughs> I know. We're the only two guys, I think, and on the planet is... that actually get excited to talk about logistics it's, it's and a, taxes. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of those necessary evils um, right now because, obviously, the EU is such a big market. And, um, yeah, lots of change. Um, Brexit, back changes. Ah, All that jazz. My head spins. So before we get into it, for our listeners or people watching... Um, just, a just a quick reminder. If you go back to episode eight, that was the first time we interviewed uh, Nigel when we went pretty deep into what ShipQuest is all about, how logistics work, uh, around the world. Quite frankly, we talked on the different vendors and some of the sister companies or strategic partnerships you have and so forth. Great. Listen, go back to episode eight. You can find that on boardgamebinge.com. Click at the top past episodes and you can scroll down and, uh, see our whole back catalog, quite frankly, but episode eight, we get into the, to Nigel's interview specifically. So before we begin, can you give us a quick overview of just what ShipQuest is for those people who don't know? Um, well, um, we're a logistics fulfillment partner, and, and we 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 emphasize the word partner. Um, and I think um, you know, that that's what we do. So we try to add value um, right away from the moment um, somebody's looking to launch Kickstarter to when they run the Kickstarter, we'll do some free social media marketing across the platform. Um, and then about um, making sure that even for the launch of Kickstarter that we help them um, or help our partners, i.e. publishers, um, to work out the most cost-effective solution for, for their shipping. I mean, we pride ourselves in going, whether I charge somebody five pounds or 10 pounds for the shipping, I'm going to make the same margin. So, you know, it makes, you know, the more cost-effective shipping we can get, um, we'll do that. So we consult, you know, um, not all the time because people come to us after the campaign is finished, but um, yeah. that's what we kind of do. And then, and then uh, organize or help organize um, a shipping plan from whatever the factory is to the various hubs, whether it's just one hub or, several hubs um so we can help um, help organize with um, with the freight and and advise again um in terms of even if they don't use our freight what's the best way to do things um and then obviously to um get their product in and and pick and pack and get those out most um you know most effectively to their suppliers but um or to their backers i should say suppliers um but we do that in a way that um it's a good experience it's a good experience for the publisher and it's a good experience for their backers um in terms of the way that we do things so um so we have a state-of-the-art portal for full transparency and also we have crms and project managers so we schedule projects in and we work with the publisher in terms of making sure that um we we hit agreed scheduling deadlines etc as well um yeah so th that's kind of it in a nutshell we even now have a little distribution arm uh, working with publishers to distribute product called TradeQuest. Yeah. Um, so um, we call it our turnkey solution. So when it's right from the beginning, you know, right through the life cycle of the of the um, of the actual project, um, because a lot of people go, and the amount of times I talk to publishers, for example, on distribution, and go, so what what's your go to market strategy for your games after the campaign finishes? And like sometimes you get, oh, I'm just going to sell direct. Other times you get, 
I don't I haven't even thought about that um can you help me yeah of course you can help you so so that's kind of what 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 we kind of do it's you know we're not a typical um stack it in the warehouse ship it out thank you very much give me your money so there's you know there's um you know we we do and, and the VAT for example as a, as a prime example of, of that in in terms of what what do you need in order to be compliant? What do you need to be legal? And what do you need, um, you know, to be successful? Because my motto is, look, and, and your experience is, James, is the more parcels you ship, right? Yeah. The more backers you get, the more parcels I ship, the more money I make. You know, yeah. it, it, there's twofold. And if I do a good job, and, you know, typically our biggest customer, which is um, Simon, for example, they've been mm-hmm. with us for a good number of years. I think it's on project number 26, 27. You know, I think um, you, for example, I think, you know, are on the third project with us or about yep. to. So we must be doing something right. We get a lot of repeat business. And we do that because of that consultative partnership approach. So let me say a couple of things about that. One, um, I, I think it's important to note that uh, one of the great things of, about ShipQuest is uh, a bit of a modular uh, model. And what yeah. I mean by that is if uh, if somebody needs a one-stop shop, right? they only want to deal with one, one group, they can deal with you and you can coordinate the world, quite frankly. Uh, you know, just like Quartermaster in the States and these different companies around the world. Um, if people are saying, well, you know, I, I just want to use you for the UK, or I just want to use you for Europe, or I just want to use you for outside of North America. These are different ways you can establish a relationship. And you guys are very open and very flexible to work in, in all those ways, which I personally appreciate. Um, as you said, I've used you for uh, a couple of my campaigns now. And um, it's probably one of the most collaborative uh, relationships, strategic relationships I've had uh, yeah. across vendors in, in this industry, I would say. Um I know you guys pride yourselves a lot on that, and uh, and and duly so. I mean, it's uh, it is exactly as as you've said here that um, you know there's a, there's a sounding board, there's advice, um, there's interaction coming back. So it's not like it's just crickets on the other side until you know you're chasing uh, your um, your logistics partners. I mean, you guys are there uh, every step along the way, which I think is is just fantastic. Yeah. One of the things I mean, that kind of led from that was the actual VAT tax. So talking about the VAT tax, for instance, yeah. that's a perfect yeah. example, right? So you guys reached out to um, a lot of your clients. There was a huge number of people on this uh, on this um, seminar, the this virtual seminar. Uh, was sim- it was it simply VAT or something? Simply something? VAT, yeah. yeah, yeah, simply VAT. Yeah. And to to just educate, say here's here's the new rules, right? And um, and then here's kind of what what's changing. Here's how it impacts you. Lots of lively discussion. I appreciate the fact that I was able to hear from other publishers who know way more than I do. I'm new to the game, but there's some pretty established people that were on that call that had some really, really valid points. It's really cool to kind of be pulled into that kind of ecosystem. So talk to us a little bit about taxes. What What's changed? Because I think that this is important to talk about because there has been some pretty significant changes. So um I'll put a stake in the ground to say before we even kind of go the yeah. old adage of cost of manufacturing in terms of import. Um, that's always been a, a bit of a, what I would say a, a gray wicket. Okay. Whether there's no, there was no hard and fast legislation logistics to say, this is what I can do. And it yeah. could be, um, it could be that, um, you know, publishers have got it, got it wrong all over these years and and probably have in 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 essence so but the the new rules that have um, been applied to the UK and will uh, also be applied to the EU as of July the 1st um 
make it abundantly clear um you know that basically wherever wherever the sale was made is almost irrelevant the relevance is where the country of destination that it's due for so if you sell product into the uk um you need to collect a supply vat vat on the sale of the product irrelevant of where that sale has been made irrelevant whether it's been on amazon um uh, kickstarter it does not matter um it's a supply of a product and therefore supply is due on the total sales value of that product um and and for the uk for example that is 20 percent now yeah. if you if you were to um, not even use a UK fulfillment warehouse or warehouse in the UK and you say, well, fine, I'm just going to send it to, I'm going to send it from um, from the US. I'm just going to send it into the UK. If that parcel arrives without a valid VAT number and ERI number at the border um, and therefore you saying to the customs import, yeah, I'm VAT registered, I'm going to declare my sales on this pro- on, on this sale, you get it back it will get sent back to you. It's as simple as that. Um, of course, you can get around that by potentially sending uh, duty paid. Um, mm-hmm. So declare the value, use a courier like say FedEx or DHL, and you know they pay the they pay the um, um, they pay the VAT at the border, or um, or the customer, for example, can do that. But the administration fees that they yeah. charge to do that. So if I want to send a parcel into Europe, duty paid via DHL. Um, I've got to pay £15 just for the privilege to send it, plus the uh, the, the duties that are due as well. Um, so that's it. So really, you need to back register and you need to declare, you need to collect the VAT on your Kickstarter and you need to register for VAT in the UK and you need to pay, um, you know, on your returns, you will need to pay VAT on on that. So, you know, you need to budget that you collect. And, and it's difficult because it's very odd that um, there's a cultural difference between, say, the U.S., the way that U.S. apply VAT to your pricing or to their mm-hmm. pricing and the way that U.K. and Europe traditionally do it. It's a cultural thing because obviously the different tax laws in the different states in the U.S., you know, you set uh, you say set a board game, which is, say, $30, you know, it could have 5% tax in texas and you know 10 yeah. percent in georgia and nothing in arizona I, I, you know just plucking numbers out of the air i clue um so so that's it but in the uk and in the uh, and in the um the europe that tax is included in the retail price so and and, that, and that's a, a cultural thing to do but so and you'll see a lot 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 more i mean frost haven did it um on theirs, you know, Starling Games in Everdale, you have a look at their campaigns and they're very clear saying they've registered that and they were way ahead of the times, mm-hmm. knowing that this was coming and that you need to um you need to collect that. So and, let me just paraphrase and, this because I want to make sure this doesn't kind of sure. get too deep and go over people's so uh on one hand, uh the, the prior rules were very, very gray. So many people would just ship their stuff in on a skid, they would declare, you know, here's my manufacturing value. They pay their VAT tax based on the manufacturing value, and they thought they were clean and clear. The new rules are saying, no, no, no. You pay 20% on what the received perceived value of those goods are, so what the sale is. So if, if somebody in the UK, for instance, gets a game, and that game is valued at 
would retail at $50 or their pledge amount was $50. You're paying 20% on that $50, not on the manufacturing cost of that game. Right. So first yeah. and foremost, that is a massive difference in cost uh, and, and significant change that I as want to make sure publishers that are listening really take this into account. This was a shock to me. So when I was on this conference call um, and, and I heard that, I was like, whoa. Um, so, you know, many people know I'm working on this game called Nighty Squirrels. Uh, coming out in a month, small plug. Um, but I went back immediately and started rerunning the math saying, oh boy, I, I, I had a cover, uh, accounted for the manufacturing cost, uh, a tax on the manufacturing cost in, in all my spreadsheets. I didn't put in at the retail cost. So I went back and did that. Um, so the second part of, the, of what you just said is what, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're saying some publishers now are starting to say, okay, uh, your pledge uh, level of, for argument's sake, say the $50 is not $50. Uh, maybe it's $60, but we've included in that $60 price, the VAT tax that we're going to rebate back to the government. So you don't get hit with the bill when this package arrives at your door. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The only thing I would say to that is um, that um, I don't want to make culpability here. And I don't know, <laughs> there was never, a, there was never a, a, a rule, a written rule to say that um, yeah. the, the cost of um, manufacturing um, was a legitimate method. Uh, it could well be you, you have a look at the rules and whatever. So it, it's never a case yeah. of doubt that this new VAT rule supersedes anything that, that, um, that, that would negate that. Um, ultimately, um, why is this rule coming? Well, it's not about Kickstarter. It's solely about one thing, Amazon. Yeah. It's all about e-commerce sales on a worldwide basis where, you know, the likes of, um, you know, uh, Chinese sellers or any other international sellers will, you know, come into Amazon UK or Amazon to Europe and basically undercut the competition. And by sending parcels from outside of that country, um, they are not having to pay VAT and therefore putting local um, independent retailers at a massive disadvantage were, who are legally paying for tax. This yeah. is w essentially why this rule has come in, um, is really because there's billions amount of VAT fraud coming in on individual e-commerce parcels that are being sold yeah. and sent into these countries. And um, you know, right now in the EU, for example, um, there's still the limit of like, if you if, if your product is valued at below 22 euros, you can send in and, and not pay custom VAT. That's gone. UK used to be about 15 pounds. It's called the low tariff relief or, you know, in terms of low level parcels, that's gone. You know, oh, wow. there is no more because pe people were, were um, a lot of people, particularly international sellers were declaring, well, if the product's 30 pounds, they would declare 10 pounds. So customers didn't, didn't get hit by the tax. So there's a, that, that is essentially, you know, the main reason this law, this VAT law is coming in, and you think about Amazon has been what trading since the 90s, you know, yeah. it's taken 20 years for them to come up um, with this, this new system. And that is essentially why why these VAT laws come in. And essentially, do you know what? 100%, I agree with it. I think yeah. I think it's a fair I think it's fair because the world of e-commerce has moved on to such a degree. You know, I'm a local yeah. seller and I can I sell international um, into the EU, but obviously when we were part of the EU, I was paying my taxes. And you go and and then I look at um, you know particularly the board game market. I go, how can these how can these guys? undercut me you know how can yeah. how can they do it you know because well they're 20 percent better off because they're not paying the vat so and the same thing goes for the eu as as of july so 
it's a fair. It's it is it is fair. Um, there's no two ways about that. And yeah, you know, I, I think, think maybe the kicks. I was say, the, a community has been a bit spoiled, but that's... yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, I mean, we had something similar here in Canada, right, where uh, there was a, a bit of an adjustment curve before they started finally charging taxes, and Amazon was very resistant to that, right, of wanting. They're like, yeah. no, 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 yeah. it's up to manufacturers. That's not our problem. It's up to manufacturers, and government started clamping down, saying no. Uh, <laughs> You, at the size you're at, you need to take some responsibility here and, uh, and start policing this uh, with us. So um, I think as long as um, everybody's is playing on the same playing field and and it's it's equal, then I think everybody's got a fighting chance, which is which is not yep. unreasonable. I think the challenge is is when there's change and there's that old saying, no one likes change but a wet baby, right? Uh, it, there there's there's an adjustment period and helping people through that adjustment period, I think is 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 the key. What came up on this call, which I thought was really interesting, was people that had campaigns coming up were saying, okay, I, you know, this kind of sucks. I'm going to make some adjustments. I, I get it. Good that we had this call. I can start planning. What I found interesting was the people that said, okay, my campaign just finished and it's going to uh, ship after these rules come into place. I didn't plan for this. What do I do? Uh, and so, you know, I think they're, unfortunately, you're going to have some people kind of caught in between that transition um, that, uh, you know, are, are going to have some challenges there. What are some things that you guys are doing to help? Like, is there anything that you guys do to help people with the, like, if somebody can't register for VAT or if they're so small, they're like, ah, it doesn't make sense for me to VAT. Do they just not ship to the UK or can they work at some kind of uh, like, is there like an importer that could, uh, they could work at a deal with, they do the tax on their behalf or is there any options in that regard? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought there was something called, uh, no, there isn't. Um, um, they, they have a choice and, and, and that is, um, no. that you either sell into a country, get VAT registered or you send externally and you send duty paid. Um, you know, um, your backers aren't going to get a great experience because of that, yeah. but, or find you know, a publisher I guess, locally, US, right. That will help. That's already read. You can find a publisher, I guess, that's already registered, maybe as an option. Is that possible or no? Um, no, not really, because you no? you've collected the money. You, you've collect, ah, you you. have collected the money on your Kickstarter, so you you have that money. So you have that responsibility to give that money um, to the British government. It's as simple as that. So yeah. you know you 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 have to play that supply back. Now you either send that product into somebody like ourselves. Um, you back register. You then you're able to send it. Or if you've got a small amount of parcels, the only other way to do it is to send. Um, you know, well, you could send duty unpaid and. Let, the, let your customers pay again but that is a terrible experience because the admin fees on top um or you 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 send duty paid you know so you pay the taxes to the carrier and the carrier then um uh, clears the parcel into that country as the um as uh, as your customer as the importer of record because it's individual parcels and this is for consignments below you know, pledges or consignments or sales below mm. 135 pounds. If it's over, then you, know, you can't do that. You have to pay import VAT and be VAT registered. So, so therefore, the only other way, if you've got a small amount of parcels, is to individually ship those via somebody like FedEx um, and pay the duty um, via them at the border. Um, there's no, there is no other way around doing that. You know, um, um, and the way that we help was is, you know what, 
I am not a tax expert. I am, yeah. you know, I, I obviously attend a lot of webinars. I can read into things, but I am not a tax expert. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a, a scheme in the UK called the the, the, the due diligence um, uh, scheme, which we're we're kind of part of. Which means that, you know, essentially, when you open an account, you probably need to VAT register. Um, but more importantly, you are not able to store products in the UK. Um, with a view to sell or to sell those products unless you are VAT registered. Now our system stops that. If you're not, if you don't have a VAT registration um, after the project's been run because you pay the VAT at the import, then yeah, our system simply won't um, won't, won't trigger that shipment because you're not VAT registered. But yeah, essentially, it is what it is. You know, yeah. you have to you have to register for VAT. Um, I thought there was something called fiscal representation where you could use a third party, but There's no, that's um, that's not the case. That doesn't mean what I thought it meant. But uh, so yeah. there are services out there, right? If people need help setting this up, uh, Amazon is obviously has a service they offer where I think it's free upfront, but then you get charged a pretty hefty fee on an annualized basis. Uh, simplyvat.com is that their website? We so yeah, so simply simply VAT. And if anybody's interested, they can email me. I'm I'm yeah happy to yeah, share yeah. that. So, so very great, we, very informative we, group. Yeah. When we um when we um you know as our e-commerce company, we were trading on different Amazons in in um, in Germany and France. We we had to eventually kind of VAT register mm-hmm. um, with those guys. And we went through a company called Alavara, who are kind of well known mm. from a top level. Their, their advice is great. You get down to a you know a lower level, and we found that um, you know uh, we ask a question, and the accountant says, "Sorry, I'm not a tax advisor." Well, who else is going to be advised? But you do all my returns for me. So we got yeah. kind of frustrated um, with with, um, with with that. So we wanted to work with a partner that acts like us, that will 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 offer a collaboration. Will will always be there to give advice and guidance if anything has changes. You know, most companies do, but not on a, a one to kind of one level. Um, mm. So we wanted to work with 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 a partner that did that. And after much searching, we found Simply VAT. And you know, and I was really nicely surprised. Um, so I'm kind of moving my company for my EU fulfillment over to over to simply that um, mm. at some point this year and and you know as you discovered from that webinar um, yeah. you know that they do take a collaborative approach and they do give advice and guidance on a specific issue now actually do you know what they've gone one step further in working with one of my partners who's now showing them all the back end of Kickstarter and mm. how Kickstarters work because you know you know the debate was well should you be yeah. paying tax at supply or delivery you know so they're going into they're making efforts to really understand our community mm. and our backers so I've been really impressed with them and, and I say I wanted to uh, and it's a it's not so much a shameless plug because I want to add value to my publishers you know yeah. I'm not going to go to them I'm not going to come to you with a with a bunch of charlatans who are just going to rip you off um I wanted to work with somebody that that have that same ethos as we do and so far you know that's simply that have um, definitely betrayed that so we would highly recommend them and their pricing I thought was excellent I thought yeah, uh, you know, to get back registered um was excellent and you know, and um, and they're flexible because they say, oh, if you zero file in, you get the file in for half price, and then and then after three months, maybe you can deregister and do it again for your next campaign. So, so again, sound, plausible, you know, advice in English so that people you know can yeah. understand. So, um, but yeah, yeah, on my end, and I I did this you know more than a year ago now. Um, uh, one of my team members actually helped me with it. We, I mean, went on the, the government website and, and we went through the registration process. It It is is complex. There's no doubt about that. So if you are really small as a publisher and say, you know what, I I, I, 
I can't afford to hire an assistant. I got to do this myself. You can do it yourself. It's just, uh, it's very meticulous and, um, and, uh, it's not fast. Uh, I mean, it's all paper. It's all mail. It's, it's crazy. It's mail-based, right? So we actually had to send stuff in by mail, uh, this application. Like, it's not like it, because we were out of country in country, different story. It's all online clickety click and you, know, you can register fast. Same as in Canada, if you're in Canada and you're registering the Canadian tax stuff is fairly quick. Um, but from out of country coming in, um, yeah, it, it was by paper mail. It was just kind of crazy. Now we're online. Uh, now that's all set up. But the initial setup was uh, was by paper. Let's switch gears really quickly because I want to make sure we cover off um, the shipping. So how how have you guys adapted your business model to deal now with this uh, this post Brexit with people? Because in the past they ship it into the UK right uh, by the skid or by the trailer, and then you guys would kind of ship it around from there. But now it's, it's different, right? Like you have different kinds of suggestions. Yeah, so we have a hub in Germany, so we found um, the right partner that wasn't a competitor, but we, again, had the same sort of ethos, a family-run business, they got a massive warehouse, um, but we've worked very, very hard to, um, and, and obviously the late stage of the Brexit deal really kind of slowed things down, um, Yeah. So, but now we are, our portal ship quest is now fully API integrated with that warehouse. So you you as a publisher will deal with games quest, um, or, or sorry, ship quest. You will deal with ship quest. You won't deal with the, the, the hub in, in Jimmy. You'll deal with my staff, my customer services, my project managers, you know, um, and we will we will do everything else. So the only last, uh, you know, bit that is it's always, always the peck in the pack and the handling. But, you know, we just did 10 containers um, um, out of there for Simon. All right, I know we know it was pre-packed, but but, you know, wow. they've been, you know, absolutely incredible. And now we're ramping that up. So, so in effect, what we're doing is adding that another, another hub in there. But we're not leaving our publishers and our partners to go, what do I do? We, we'll deal with it all. So we'll work out the freight with you, the shipping plans, you know, to get it in there. So you can ship from within the EU um, for all the EU, um, EU backers and then from the UK for um, your UK and the rest of the world. And what we mean by that is places like Norway, Switzerland, where it's still more cost effective and where you are not offering custom friendly shipping because obviously things like Norway and Switzerland are not in the EU, even though they're in Europe, mm. they're not in the EU. So therefore, you know, traditionally you haven't offered um, custom friendly shipping to those those sorts of countries. And, you know, flung for places like Turkey and Iceland and that sort of stuff is still more cost effective to, to, um, to do that out of the UK. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of kind of where we're we're at at the minute. But um, so, how would that saying, work? Like, are they going to ship then from the factory? So the publisher ships from the factory. Do they ship a certain amount of inventory to Germany, and then they ship the rest of the UK, or is it go to yes. Germany and you guys move from Germany to the UK, or vice versa? How does that kind of how does that work? It, it all depends on the the, the quantity of the the pallets because okay. there's a there is a minimum charge when you are shipping by ocean and the minimum charge is like two cubic meters as an example so we'll work out what's the most cost effective way we can create two shipments one into germany and one into into the uk or we can bring it into the uk and then what we call a bonded warehouse scheme so we have a partner that has a bonded warehouse now what that means is that when that arrives in the country you'll only pay the vat or the import tax 
uh, on the UK proportion. And then they'll track the rest of it over to Germany and clear it in Germany and pay the import tax there. So we have solutions and, and, and advice that uh, either way we can do it. If it's large shipments like four pallets to Germany, four pallets to the UK, for example, then it's going to be better to create like two shipments um, in effect. So, um, but yeah. And would those ratios have to be worked out in advance? So what goes into that bonded warehouse, would you have to pre-mark what's going to Germany versus what's staying in the UK? Or can you yeah, make that decision at the point? Oh, you'd have to do it ahead of time, right? It's more expensive to, yeah. if they have to sort the amount of quantities in the bonded warehouse, it'd be more expensive than doing it in China or wherever you're getting manufactured for certain. But yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a shipping plan. So they label up one pallet for to go to Germany, another pallet to um, to go to the UK, because obviously they're doing that anyway to send parcels into the US or, you know, if they're using, um, if they're doing localized fulfillment in China and Australia, same thing. So it's just about, and just another pallet with, with Germany written on it, as opposed to um, the UK or anywhere else. But yeah, so um, yeah, and, and touching on that, again, you need to charge VAT <laughs> um, on your shipments uh, going, uh, for, you know, into uh, Germany, I think is a 19%. So you need to charge the VAT, collect the VAT and uh, register for that in, 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 in Germany. So, um, but, yeah. so you're further ahead just to build in 20% across the board, I think just to be safe, I guess. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And the good thing we recommend in Germany, you can register anywhere in the EU. Uh, we recommend in Germany because of Essen. You know, mm. if ever, you know, as a publisher, you want to go to trade at Essen, you need to be that registered in Germany to do that. Um, so you're killing two birds with one stone. And um, and as we know, I, I was talking to you about this the other day, weren't we, about, about you know, uh, this the size the sheer yeah. size of Essen um it is the mecca you know um you know it's three times bigger than Gen Con um totally different culture and really I would recommend if you've got a decent enough game that you should be there so for uh, just for clarity on the Europe so on the VAT registration if you register in Germany that covers you off for all of the European Union you don't have to go to each yes. individual country yeah. Yes. Yes. To a to well, from July <laughs> doesn't matter because you can you can yeah. um, so basically there's something called distance selling thresholds and that basically means if you say you're registered in Germany but you sell you know if it was if you if it it's today if you were registered in Germany and you exceeded sales are greater than thirty five thousand euros into France you would also have to register in France. Hmm. And and these distance zone thresholds will go from country to country. Vice versa, bizarrely, if you registered in France and you you, ha- you would have to sell more than a hundred thousand euros to to, re- to then have to register in, um, in in Germany. But from July, you could do a central return um, for all those countries. So it's via it's something called IOS. Um, can't blinky remember for a lovely me what that stands for now but it's called an io system and basically um you, you know you if you then go over distance settings thresholds you can still report that onto one back return and mm-hmm. then that gets kind of divvied out and and that's one of the services that simply that um you know i think they were talking on that webinar that they can kind of monitor you know um you know your your distance selling um uh, thresholds for each of the countries and they can advise you then how to do return so that you're not having to register into into different countries so so right now if you're trading between now and july and you crossed selling thresholds yes um you would um but from july there's there's a way around that but in terms of the way the reporting works so nigel if people want to um reach out to you at shipquest how best do they do that 
Um, through our, um, yeah, well, you can reach out directly to me, Nigel at GamesQuest. Um, sorry, ShipQuest. Oh, sorry, we, we, GamesQuest has GamesQuest Retail and TradeQuest and, and ShipQuest. <laughs> so I keep referring to GamesQuest as a company, but ShipQuest. Um, so Nigel at ShipQuest.co.uk um, or Fulfillment. Uh, with one L, we Brits call it, spell it with one L, not two. Um, so fulfillment at, uh, at chipquest.co.uk as well. So, um, you know, and I say, if if uh, if people are going to become, you know, um, or, or seriously talking to about our, our services, then we will 100%, you know, take that on faith and share that, um, you know, share that um, that webinar that we did, um, you know, with our potential partners. And um, That was great, yeah. And, and kind of have a look at that as well. So as kind of a value add, um, yeah, so, and the slides that I went through as well. So, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll put the uh, your web address, uh, the URL in the show notes, just so if anybody wants to find that, shipquest.com co.uk but if you don't want to remember that or write it down it'll be in the show notes they can click on it uh nigel it's always a pleasure to have you on this podcast I, I hope to get you back again i want to thank you so much uh for all your advice that you've given uh, me over the past few years pleasure. and uh, i wish you all the best this coming year yeah good luck everybody collect that vat just collect the vat the customers <laughs> will love you still they'll still love you it'll be fine so uh and once it's all over you're all going to come to essen and uh we'll we'll have a we'll, we'll have, have a, a we'll have a vat <laughs> we'll have a vat party so uh yeah so but absolutely but yeah no it's been a pleasure all right um, james and good luck to you all thank you you take care cheers you too this has been an episode of the board game binge podcast hosted by james staley produced by james staley and mike bruner with original music by nick smith if you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.